My name is Miriam Mooney and I'm your host. Um, on the podcast we talk about all things related to understanding why you are the way you are and what you can do to become the best version of who you can be. If you have been finding the podcast helpful and insightful, please, please, please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends. All that jazz is super helpful in helping to get the word out there. So the more people kind of have access to this important, essential information, tools, resources. So on today's episode, I am talking to the beautiful Sarah Joy Gaines. She is a teacher, a writer, a creator, amongst many other things. So energy healing, mindfulness, shamanic, practices, uh, yoga, fitness, um, and more. <laughs> she has started, uh, she's the creator of Joyflow, Joy a mindful movement practice for self-liberation um, and has the uh, privilege of teaching this all over the world. You can typically find her in the sun, barefoot, dancing, singing, writing, or, and, <laughs> talking to strangers. In this episode, we talk about her journey moving from fighting against her body to learning to listen, love, and learn from it, and what is really important within a movement practice. Well, like, what are, what are the key elements that we need for it, um, and obviously how good that is for you, and all sorts of um, yummy, yummy topics. So let's just go right in and listen. Hi, Sarah. So lovely to have you on the show. Hello. It's so good to be here and to see you. It is. It's been a while. I think we just established we met in 2016 or 2017 in Costa Rica. And yeah, was that your for the first retreat you ever did there? It was my first retreat, my first own retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, what a whirlwind it has been since then <laughs> yeah exactly it's been it's been really really cool actually to, to watch you grow and evolve and refine what you're doing I've, I've really been enjoying watching your journey thank you it's been a it's been an interesting one for sure <laughs> <laughs> um do you want to tell me a little bit or us a little bit about what, what you're doing at the moment sure so I currently am grounded in Florida. I'm in South Florida on the East Coast in Boynton Beach, just settling into my new home here, which feels really nice. And I actually have taken a complete shift because I'm, I'm actually now working at a school. Um, I'm working at an alternative school down here in Florida. Uh, yeah, you know, working with uh, primarily my age group that I'll be working with is um, going into college and creating the gap year program for them all around entrepreneurship and personal development. And so that's, that's really new in my life. Um, but sort of a perfect manifestation from all the work with college students that I've done throughout my life so far. Um, you know, I used to work with college students with my business fit university and mm. you know bringing health and wellness to college students and college campuses across the US and you know with that was always this notion that fitness is not just physical health but it's mental health emotional health and 
a big um, mantra, if you will, of Fit University for me was always fitness doesn't look one way. Fitness is, you know, fitness looks and feels differently for everybody. And that has sort of stayed with me throughout my journey as I've moved into working with women on body image. And I call it body image magic, transforming your body image into joy. And so I've really, over the past few years, have sort of established this, um, this deep connection between body image and spirituality and kind of fusing those two together. So that's, I just kind of went in a million different places, <laughs> but so, so there's like what I'm doing full time now and then yeah. kind of what got me here and all the overarching things. <laughs> I, I have so many questions actually from that. I, I really, really want to hear more about the work that you're, you're doing now with the school because that sounds really cool. But I, I think I might, might save that for, for yeah. later. But totally. I guess <laughs> I guess what I do what I what I will ask is more about so you started off in fitness and then but then you took it from this approach of it doesn't look you know it doesn't look any specific way and you took it to, to self-love and, and, and bringing in spirituality um, but my I imagine that you know fitness started out as, as you know traditional fitness for you so so what is it that that caused the, that to change a great question and it was certainly an evolution throughout everything you know as I evolved so did my way of speaking about fitness and sharing about fitness I I guess it's important to say I mean I've been I was introduced to yoga and mindfulness and meditation when I was like 11 or 12 so that's kind of always been ingrained into me from a very early age and simultaneously around that time, probably like 11, 12, I started going to the gym and, and really my initial intention with fitness, even from that age was quote, right? Like I need to lose weight. I need to have a good body, all these things. And so for so long, that story was threading me through the way I was moving my body, the way that I was fueling my body, all these things coming from this place of, I, you know, I, I need to look this way. Um, and as I got deeper into fitness and more so like in my early 20s and, and had started Fit University and really had started to come into my own awareness of, oh, wait, I, I don't need to feel restricted by this, right? Like this is not supposed to be something that feels um, like it's impeding on my life. This should be something that is feeling good for my life and giving me energy. And so I, I kind of had that moment of aha, and I started writing about it, you know, on, on the blog that was Fit University at that time. And as I started to get more into fitness and start teaching fitness at that age, I really just started focusing on the confidence and the strength that you get when you're working out, let's say like that physical strength mm. begins to transcend into emotional and mental strength. And so it really started with that recognition is how that, that energy transfers. And as I just kept leaning in more into the spirituality, doing more yoga, doing more meditation, starting to shift the way that I was moving my body, going from really rigid workouts to really asking myself, okay, how do I want to feel? 
then how can the workouts and the movements that I'm doing reflect that? I just started to see this natural reflection and, and then it kind of just took on a life of its own and I'll pause there. (laughs) That was well. Okay, it's really cool to hear you talking about like the way it transformed. It really feels like this, this almost this alchemical process that was happening inside of you. Like yeah. this combined with this, and it made this and evolved into that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Well, I can, and, I can, know, go, go for it. No, 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 you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, well, I imagine like having that solid foundation of mindfulness is probably, probably really helped to begin with, to help to start propelling um, things forward and evolving. Totally, because it was like the seed planted, right? And, you know, it was like the seed was planted however many years ago, and then all of a sudden, one day, it was just like, oh, sunlight, and it like started to <laughs> to, to grow in, in, my, in my consciousness. Um, yeah, and it's just been such a impactful way to shift my view of movement and fitness and then to bring that into the fitness industry because you look at the fitness industry you look at the wellness industry and it's all like look this one way and so the thing that the the well-being right is supposed to allow us to feel expansive good energized but when it's saying, no, be smaller, be smaller, be smaller, that's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just so, so much of that messaging, both be smaller and, and do more. And, and there's just that, that pushing, that, that yes. real pushing and forcing on, on the body, which, which shrink, you know, shrinks a person's being. Exactly. And then causes stress, lowers your immune system keeps you small, keeps you from speaking your truth, keeps you from doing the things that you actually want to do and are supposed to be doing here on this planet, like enjoying it and loving it and feeling all the beautiful things that there are to feel. Yeah, I, I, love, I love hearing you talk about it <laughs> and the passion you have for it because, you know, I feel that too. And it's something that like every, you know, you want everybody to know and to understand, but it's just not common knowledge. It's not like the the, the norm for many, many people. Right, right. And screaming it from the mountaintops, 1000%. It's, you know, I feel so strongly about this. We waste so much time and mental space, emotional space, so much energy focused on this body that Mm. is always changing and shifting. And what could we do if we shifted that energy elsewhere? Mm. Yeah. But it's also, it's just this, this, this forcing it to be some particular way that's not even, that's been decided by somebody else. Right, right. And the body is so much more than, than what it looks like. It, it's what it does. It's how it feels. It's, it's, you know, it's a living organism and communicating right. things to you. E- exactly that, right? The communicating things to you. Your, your body, our bodies are these tools that we're given to experience this life in. And we're not taught that. But if we are, if we 
when we step into that knowledge and begin to learn the tools to work with our body instead of trying to fight against it or force it to be something that it's not, as you said, there is all the power. Like that, you talk about alchemization, like that is when life becomes magical. Because you're like, oh, body, whoa, I, I feel this thing and I'm, I'm going to sit with you and we're going to work with this and, and we're going to really work in connection with, in co-creation. You know, it's a question um, in one of my body image programs, body image magic, that was one of the guiding questions is how can I co-create with my body? Mm. And preceding that question was the statement of body, I am listening. Body, I am listening. Oh, that's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Like just yeah. hearing you say it, I, I can, I can really, you know, hear the, the feeling that that, that, that has right. the effect. Right. Because if we took 60 seconds at the start of our day, body, I am listening. Mm. how could that shift the day and then ultimately your entire life getting into the practice of that but we can't do that when we're stuck in the land of oh well this body is is gross or fat or you know I need to change it or it doesn't look good or people don't like me because of the way that I look we're so like caught in the muck of that that we can't get into the actual root of this is such a powerful tool that we're living in. And it's all we have. The Mm. one thing that we'll have from the moment we were born to the moment we die. Mm. So true. And then, then I think that relationship with the body, uh, you know, it's then reflected in your whole relationship with yourself as a, as a person and your value and your thoughts, like your, your, your self-worth is so attached to this thing you have against your body. Totally. Totally, totally, totally. What I have found in the self-love body image journey with both myself and almost all of the women and men that I've worked with on this is that it comes down to unworthiness and shame. Yeah. And that's like just so, it spreads, you know, it's being propagated in our culture through so many different different formats right 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 (laughs) like yeah like from like you know from advertising from being brought up as a child from just just and in it's just become normal I think it's 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 normalized yes yes like being shameful holding shame and unworthiness is the norm which is which is the current truth and not the truth truth as one of my friends says the capital t truth right like because beneath all of that is just the simple essence that we are love and expansive and are here to experience this life fully and so the magic becomes then recognizing that unworthiness, that shame, that guilt, and, and really getting familiar with it and recognizing it as our greatest teacher to step into our worthiness, our expansiveness, our abundance, our ability to take up space. Mm. 
kind of want, want to want to hear more about. So, so you're saying that we need to, you know, meet the shame and the guilt and, you know, recognize that it's there, understand why it's there and, and transform it into helping us become more fuller, more, more empowered, more, more, more everything. Exactly. Exactly. Because the more everything is who we are, that is nature, mm. right? Like the universe, we are, we are tiny universes here within the greater universe and the universe is ever expansive. There's no end to it. And then so are we. And so when we know that and we hold that truth, we can then start to recognize all the points in our life that feel anything but that. So anything that is pain, anything that feels everything in that category, yeah. that is, those are all signals of something to, mm, yeah, transform and transmute to understand these are guiding you to step in further, right? Like experiences yeah. that have us question ourselves, doubt ourselves, when we find ourselves in the same situations over and over again, and we're saying how, like, why, why is this happening again? What is there for you to learn about your own expansiveness? Mm. And so, so what can people do to like help them use, use those moments as learning moments and, and growing moments? Like what, what can people do? The biggest, I mean, the number one, marker is awareness of it right and and first like commitment to accepting that mm. as as the way right because you could listen to everything i'm saying and and say like yeah well that's that's stupid i'm not gonna like bad shit just <laughs> happens and like yeah you can you can accept that or you can you can accept you can choose that everything in life happens for you not to you and so going into every situation with that understanding, and for me, that awareness in my life has come from a meditation practice and the ability to witness and feel whatever's coming up and allow it to just happen. And so some of my just, you know, favorite practices for that meditation, journaling, reflection, um, and I think having a community is a really big piece. Having those people you can come to and who aren't going to put their own reflections and, you know, projections on you, but just people to hold space. Um, and I've been very fortunate to be a part of a number of communities and create communities that, that hold this space. And I have found that to be such a crucial point in this journey because you can't go through it alone and you're not going through it alone. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's amazing a how powerful awareness is like, you know, you get you like it's such a small like simple thing. So it's like how does being aware but being aware mm -hmm. and like being embodied in that awareness and allowing instead of rejecting. Yep. Really transformational. And it's funny to say because it sounds so simple. And it's so hard. Yeah. But it, it's just that. Yeah. And but then as for, yeah. 
No, 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 you go. No, you go, you go. <laughs> well, I was going to say, but that's the whole point, right? Like, it really is just that simple. Just as it's as simple as like, we really are just love. But we are here on earth to have this human experience to come back and remember that and understand that and learn these key lessons that we're here to learn along the way. If we just showed up and it was just all, you know, a field of daisies the entire time and you were just standing there for the 80 years you're lucky to be alive, it wouldn't be that interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, there'd, there'd be no point in it. And I was actually thinking about this recently, like just the value of sadness and you know the difficult emotions that yeah. there, there's a deep feeling and there's deep I don't know there's something big and beautiful about feeling them and going through them and especially about connecting with others about them and or going mm. through even conflict with somebody else and when you overcome yeah. conflict together like that creates so much more connection than going through a wonderful moment with somebody else it's so, so, so true. And, you know, this came up actually in a conversation uh, I had. So I run a virtual community called Joy Space. And so it's meditation, conversation, journaling. And we were talking about how often we villainize emotions like fear or any kind of pain or anything like that. But we have to have them. It's what I call it the spectrum of joy in order to be able to feel the fullest, most expansion, expansive elements of joy and love and bliss. You have to feel the pain, the despair, all of it. It's the teachers. It, mm. it brings you right back. And every time you descend into the pain, into the fear, you come back stronger in the joy and the love and the expansion. Yeah. The way I look at it is, is, is like you're, you're just opening yourself up for fe to feeling and you, you don't control yes. the input. You just control the receptivity. Mm. Yeah. Well, and then that word control, right? Is like, how much do we want to control <laughs> what's coming in? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole other process. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, okay, well, where, where do you go with that? Because that, that's a, a big, big thing. Um, well, something that I'll, that I'll say to, I think, the practice of control and or becoming aware of control and releasing and moving through discomfort um, is, and I know, I think you had mentioned this to me when we were chatting pre-recording, but the class that I created and lead, Joyflow, very much a practice in that it's you know slow yoga flow that builds up into ecstatic dance and why that is so powerful especially if you're new to ecstatic dance or ecstatic movement intuitive movement is that what you find is that when you start to transition from you know just like traditional yoga poses that you might do into all right we're just gonna we're just gonna move our shoulders back we're just gonna start to move our hips and you give your body the ability to take the wheel and lead because that's not the way that we live in society, right? Of all of these thoughts and fears and judgments come up of, Oh, well, like, am I doing this right? Like, 
is, do I look weird? Is somebody looking at me? Like, you know, I, I don't, like, I'm going to just going to stay small like this. And you, you start to really notice it and, and you feel it. It's like, you feel that discomfort in your body. And then the more and more that you do it, and then you let yourself start to just be like, you know what? It's okay. I, I'm feeling this, but I'm just going to move a little bit bigger. I'm just going to take up a little bit more space. You start, you start to crack it mm. until you have that moment when you're you know, like whatever you're doing, just like letting your free flag fly because that's who you are. And yeah. it just feels so good because that's what you've been wanting to do the whole time. But you've been holding yourself in for all these reasons that have been pressed upon you throughout your entire life. Mm. That sounds like actually such a great, great way of creating that habit of, of breaking free from these ideas of who we ought to be or who we should be and who we are, who we're not. But yes. I really like how you're, you kind of, you're easing into it. Cause I, th I think for mm -hmm. some people, it's such a big jump from going from being who we think we should be to being who we are. And that, that, oh, yeah. that making that, that sudden jump, like going straight into accepting <clears throat> dance can, can be a bit inaccessible for, for many people. Totally, totally. And you have to, you have to meet yourself where you're at. And so taking time to do it and giving yourself yeah. grace as you move through it. But it's that, that slow progress yeah. and, you know, embracing the slowness. Mm. And that, now that you say it, actually, that's often how I start if I'm doing ecstatic dance. You know, I'll start off rolling on the floor, like right. a few little stretches, and then like, eventually I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready to get yeah. up and start properly <laughs> moving. But I, yeah, I, I do ease into it usually. Right, right. Um, and I, I know I'd love to hear a little bit about play. I, I, I know play mm -hmm. is, a, is a big thing for you and it, it's part of your practice. And so yeah. what do you think the value is in it? What do you think the value is of play? Oh my goodness. The value, it's infinite value. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it just keeps bringing me back to this notion of we are here in this life right now. And so it, enjoy it and embrace it and play through it and dance through it. And what I have found is that embracing play and making play a regular part of my day, just to make that into a rhyme, uh, <laughs> I have found that it has just brought me, the word oodles comes to mind, just like oodles of joy. And mm. And I, you know, I didn't always play like I do now. You know, there was a point in time where I was so just set and I am working. And my, and you know, what I would always say is like, well, my work is fun. And it was, that wasn't wrong, but there was just, there was something missing. I was so engulfed in that. And I, I really, um, when I like came to that awareness, I really set an intention of, I want to, I want to take time to do things that are, that are not work. And something too, that I also started doing around that time was just taking time to do nothing. So there was kind of like these two aspects of like literally just sitting without my phone, without a computer, without music, without anything, and just sitting, doing nothing. So that was one practice, but then, yeah, this, 
this element of play and exploration and getting my hands dirty and, you know, just all the things that you might've done as a kid and were fine to do then, but then you're an adult now. And so you don't, you don't play when you're an adult. Um, you know, I have just found that bringing play into my life has enhanced everything that I do in all aspects, because when I play, I'm allowing my spirit, my soul to expand, to express itself. And then that churns itself into whatever it does, right? That brings me to new people that I can play with. And I, you know, I explore with that brings me to new creative projects and endeavors. It brings me to new workspaces, you know, like all of these things. And then because play is such an integrated piece of my life now, it just shows up in all avenues. Like where I work now at the school, like once a week on average so far of the four weeks I've been there, I go home with paint and crystals on my face. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. I think there's something quite magical about play in a way that, that, it, that, it, that it has all these knock-on effects yes. in, in your life. It's so true. The word whimsical comes to mind. Mm. Oodicles. Oodicles. <laughs> <laughs> Oodles of whimsicalness. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oodles of whimsy. <gasps> that feels like a name for something. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's something I, it's a practice I need to get back to actually, because I think I, I've gotten quite serious in myself recently. Yeah. And it's like, tiny bits but nothing I used to have a lot more playfulness in me so it is something I mm. want to to work on re recultivate re prioritizing really um totally time for it and and you're not alone I mean we take this life so seriously um often and you know I think to something that's coming up right is like if somebody is not in a practice of play it's like what does that even mean and I think just to share some, you know, just like really basic things. I mean, playing could be like pulling out crayons or markers or paint. Like one of my favorite things to do is painting with my hands. Um, I guess that's called finger painting. Um, mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounds lovely right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, even just like going to the pool or like playing in the ocean for me is something that I love to do. Like, like playing with nature, going into the woods and just like one thing uh, I used to do this when I lived near the woods is my favorite. I call it trailblazing. Mm. So I would just like, instead of just like going for a trail run, it's like, I would like run and jump on rocks and like dance and, you know, just like, just bringing that like childlike nature into what you're doing and giving yourself permission to do it. And again, if we take ourselves back to the joy flow practice, it's like, you know, take the example of running through the woods, like, and skipping on the rocks, like the ego might come up and be like, what are you doing? Like, that's stupid. Or like, oh my God, someone's going to see you. And it's like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Because all the times that somebody has seen me like jump on rocks or like be dancing in public, all it does is bring a smile to their face. Mm. So true. And I think that is probably like one of the bi the biggest barriers to, <clears throat> to playing is, oh, what if somebody sees me? What will they think? Yeah. I must look ridiculous. Yeah. 
do we look any less ridiculous when we're all standing with our heads <laughs> in our phones? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think like, that that's more ridiculous, really. Right? I think choose your ridiculous. And mm. how do you want your ridiculousness to feel? Because everything is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it really is when you think about it. I, I like that. Choose your ridiculous. We need to make like t-shirts or something. Or, yeah. Or have, I feel like that needs to be somewhere. Choose your ridiculous. I totally choose your ridiculous and oodles of whimsy. These are the two <laughs> catchphrases of the day. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on before yeah. we wrap up is self-love because I know you're, oh. you're a big proponent of self-love. Yes. Um, what, what is it? What does it look like? Whew. What a question. What is it? <laughs> what does it look like? It looks different for everybody. Mm. It is something different for everybody, but... I would say that self-love in the most basic essence is accepting yourself exactly as you are, where you are. Hmm. That's it. So simple. So simple. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the other things that follow that, right? Like, cause mm. we could go on a million tangents, but Accepting where you are, exactly where you are, right here, right now, and knowing that everything that's occurred up until this point in your life has been guiding you to this moment where you are more aware than you ever have been, and the least amount of aware that you will ever be. <laughs> You know, it's like we're, you're always at that halfway point. Like you're the most advanced that you've ever been and you're the least advanced that you ever will be. So like you're always at the top of the mountain and always at the be and at the beginning of the mountain, mm. all in the same moment. Mm. It's a yeah, great way of describing it actually. Yeah. And so then how do you want to, how do you want to be in this moment? Choose your ridiculousness choose your love like how do you how do you want to be treated by a romantic partner is i think a beautiful way to look at it like like deep down in your soul like what's that like love that you like dream about and how can you do that for yourself mm, that that is a great a great way of looking at it um and i think another one or, or also can be for some people is how how do they like to treat someone they love totally totally yes mm. yeah you know self-love is I believe the most important thing in the world I've always said that and reason being is that our life the life we experience is a reflection of our internal state of being and so the thoughts that you're saying to yourself, the way you're engaging with yourself, the way that you're playing with yourself in all the ways, you know, that is how you experience life. And so when you experience the love within yourself, when you can look at yourself and be with yourself in that care, that support, that admiration, that love, 
that's what will be in your awareness around you. And that's what you will to experience around you. A hundred percent agree. Um, I, I, I say it too, like our, our relationship with ourselves is the foundation for, for everything else. And because really? we're in relationship with everything we interact with. Exactly. And everything is just a reflection of our own state of being. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we'll wrap it up there then. Um, before we go, so at the moment you, you've got joy space going with joy flow, my, uh, mm -hmm. meditations too. Yes. Um, do you want to say a little bit just about what you, what you, you know, what you're doing there sure. and where, where people can find you? Yeah. So joy space, 27 bucks a month for weekly meditations and, uh, 27 us, you know, I don't us dollars um and that can be found sarahjgaines.com slash joy space and it's just like a really wonderful community all live sessions and then yeah find me on instagram sarahjgaines very active on there and uh please reach out i'm always looking to connect with people so if you if you're listening to this and something landed or any anything came up send me a dm i'd, I'd love to love to hear from you truly so Mm. Aaron, thank you for having me. This was so wonderful. Uh, so lovely talking to you. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Honestly, I feel so lucky that I get to do this, to have these great conversations about things like that really excite me um, with people who I, who I love talking to. Um, it's a blessing. So yeah, another great, great episode. I really just love Sarah's way of, of both like really going deep uh, but also like her really grounded approach and her really a bit there's a strong rational element in her explanation so I really feel yeah it, it she really does well at bridging the graph between the human and the spiritual and making it applicable to our everyday lives um so yeah great grateful for that of course as always, if you enjoyed uh, the show, please, please like, share, subscribe. Um, yeah, share, share if you know anyone else who might enjoy it. Please, please share. Otherwise, if you want to go deeper in your own healing and transformation journey, just hit me up. I would be honored to support you in your process. In the meantime, sending lots of love and wishing you all the best.